0: Welcome to the Winback Marketing Podcast. There is gold buried in your lost customers. And in this podcast, you'll learn how sales and marketing leaders mine that gold using Winback Marketing. This week, I'm talking with Adam Cherinas, the CEO and founder of Health Launchpad. In this episode, Adam will share three winback stories from the healthcare field and give us his take on the big benefits of winning back lost customers.
1: Welcome, Adam. Great to have you on the show. Hi, Dan. Thank you so much. Really delighted to be on the show. I've been uh, listening to many of your episodes and um, you've had some, some great guests on the show. My, my, my good friend, Ruth Stevens, who I think uh, is a terrific, terrific individual.
0: Ruth Stevens is brilliant. Um, I loved what she shared on her episode. Before we get to win back, could you tell me
1: a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. Absolutely. So I, I run a business called Health Launchpad, and we are a business to business marketing agency that focuses exclusively in the healthcare sector. We work with technology and services firms to help them win customers, but also grow their existing customers, which I think is particularly relevant to, to, to this, this topic. I also run a another business that I've just started called Total Customer Growth, which essentially is a an account-based marketing firm. And it it goes beyond just just healthcare. So we we would serve other firms. And I i set that up as I recently published a book called Total Customer Growth, which is our method methodology. And it's also a work of planning on doing sort of online education and things, things like that. A little bit about, about me beforehand, I've got a sort of career in in Two chapters beforehand. I spent about 20 years of my life in the marketing services world. I worked at various ad agencies in the tail end of the Madman days in places like Ogilvy and Mather in New York and a couple of other places. And then I, I moved to, and, and, and spent a lot of time in digital marketing. And then the second chapter was through a random random accident. A friend of mine who's a physician. And I started a healthcare technology, from which was an interesting. I'm not sure I'd advise it to everybody. I didn't have any any real experience in running a software company, and I had no experience in healthcare. Thankfully, uh, my my colleague is a long standing healthcare executive, and between the two of us, we were sort of like a complete human. And we had a really, you know, reasonably successful successful run with it. This technology platform it was a communications tool called Unify Health which we eventually sold to actually a, a big Canadian-based company called Harris Healthcare. And and then four years ago, I, I set up a health launch pad to help companies basically overcome many of the challenges that I had in selling to the healthcare sector because it's a very, very hard sector to sell to. Could you share one of your favorite stories about winning back a lost customer? Absolutely. This is more a story of... of, of of lost opportunities two lost opportunities that ended up in a in a pretty big win so early on in our in our journey with our health healthcare technology company which was called unify health we decided that we would focus our sales and marketing to be pretty close to where we live we were based up in the northeast in in, in new jersey and so we decided that we would really focus in the first couple of years on trying to sell to any company that we could actually drive to with a view that you know servicing and delivering really good experience was absolutely critical, so we would, we really wanted to keep it so that we could personally service them and we'd have have a hundred- percent referenceability, which we actually did do, and so there were Three really big healthcare systems based on where, where we were locally, one which we had already, which was RWJ Barnabas. And there were two other really large ones, one called Hack and Sack and one called called Meridian Health. And we had an opportunity with Meridian Health. They they heard about us through some local networking, and we were invited to into an RFP process. And we went through a long process, got to know the, the CIO really well, who was the buyer. And we thought we were going to win it. And we were absolutely gutted because in the end, they went with uh, a different company. And it wasn't another, a, a big established players because there were a few quite big established ones. It was another startup. So it was a double blow that, they, that we really felt that we should have won it. Um, anyway, so you know you pick yourself up and you get on to the next thing. Then we had an opportunity with the the, the other uh, healthcare system uh, called Hackensack, and you know we had several meetings. I mean, I had about half a dozen meetings. In fact, came in through two or three different triangulated in through two or three different ways. It's, you know I, I'm a big believer in account based marketing, and what we were doing was using working our way into this big healthcare system through two or three avenues. And it was the same story. You know, we banged our heads against a brick wall with these guys for about six months and eventually it just petered out. And so, anyway, you know, you, you business was actually, despite all that, was actually going very well. We started to expand nationally, all kinds of interesting things, raised money, absorbed another company, developed all kinds of new partnerships and things were going very well. About two years later, Hackensack. And Meridian Health merged. So they became Hackensack Meridian Health. And so we thought, hmm, maybe we get another bite at the cherry. And my partner, the doctor, had a relationship with one of the, the hospitals. He'd actually been, I think he'd actually been a practicing physician at the hospital for a period of time, and he knew somebody on the board very well. And so they, so this, this person introduced us to the CEO of the newly merged organization. And he saw the benefit of what we did and thought that it would be interesting for them to look at. So he made some introductions. We met with the chief innovation officer and then somebody who reported to him, who was the VP. And he, and it, it, it then resulted in a new opportunity. And we ended up displacing the company that we had, we'd lost to originally at Meridian Health. And and won a much bigger deal. In fact, the deal for, for the combined entity was even bigger than the deal of the either deal that we would have had with the other two. So it's all about timing, right? The other thing that, you know, the the thing that was the other timing thing which was sort of interesting about this particular deal was that, that it, it, it the 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 sales process was very protracted. We had a long pilot and then a long evaluation. There were tons of people involved. And new CIO and a new head of digital, chief digital officer came on board and they joined literally just after we had been selected and we were in the process of executing the contract. They told us subsequently that they actually had, you know, that had it been their decision, they would have not have hired us because they wanted to use some existing technology and existing vendor to to do this rather than bring on a new vendor so we just got in and but i will tell you it was a four-year sales process with two losses and eventually a, a win and i believe even though we sold the company four years ago i believe they're still working with them so that was that was what well, that was a that was a, a moment of, of of glory that you know i, I think we still celebrate that is one amazing story and if
0: if you would have been in at the end a couple of months later it would have had a
1: totally different outcome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If we, I think if the deal had gone on for another six months, which honestly could have happened, they, they, these guys were taking forever to make a decision. I think that they, I think we would have not got it. Yeah. And, you know, you invested
0: four years into this, you know, my God, <laughs> it's nice to count that in the whim columns.
1: Yeah. yeah. It is worth it though. It was, it was a seven, I think a seven figure deal in the end, certainly over the, and over the course of the, you know, the, if they're still working with them, certainly over the course of that relationship, it was you know multiple millions of dollars in in revenue. What do you see as the big benefits of winning back lost customers? I've had you know ex- experience of, of winning back lost customers. I mean, I think that you know the 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 key, there are two things that I think are particularly good about winning back lost customers is number one, typically the sales cycle is is shorter because they know you and they're coming back to you. With a reason, right? Which is you're getting a second bite at the cherry that you've you've proven yourself. And if you hadn't, you know, if you'd been eliminated, if you'd been, uh, you know, if they got if they gotten rid of you, if they're coming back to you, it's because they've got over that reason. And it may be that you lost it for reasons out of your control. Maybe there was a merger of two organisations, and you know they decided afterwards that actually they picked the wrong wrong horse. So that's the one benefit is is that I think the sales cycles are shorter and easier. The second thing, and I think this is the more important one, is is I believe that if you you know if if you get rid of some some a vendor, and then you come back to them, I think you're more likely to be loyal to them for for longer because you know you can accept that you made a mistake as a as a buyer. You can ex, you know it, it can be accepted that you made a mistake for. Getting rid of you know getting rid of you the right you can always come up with a good reason but if you get rid of somebody twice you really don't look too smart and so I think that if you you know I I, I believe that a one back customer is more likely to be loyal to you for a longer period of time and I I've seen I, I've seen that in action actually
0: yeah I mean it's a considered purchase they've seen you they've seen the competition they've got direct experience of both of you and they've chosen you so. So, you know, it's no surprise that they're more loyal. What mistakes do you think people make when they try to win back their lost
1: customers? So, I have one great question. I, I think the biggest issue, and this is as much to do with how companies lose customers as why, you know, why it's hard for them to win them back, is taking the time to really understand what's going on with the customers, to get to really go out of your way to get insights about about them, and that means asking difficult questions and it means really you know um, going out of your way to find out what the problems are and get to the root root cause and I think that so often. You know, if if there's a problem that results in losing a customer, you know you you want to move on to the next thing and you want to put that behind you. You don't want to take the time to find out what what the issues were. And I've I've got you know I've I've had a lot of experience in that. I I've worked with this company. I work with this a company called Relationship Audits. They're a British company that has a presence in actually a worldwide presence. They're a boutique firm that helps companies assess the strength of the relationship between a vendor or a service company and their client their customer and they've got a number of different ways of doing it and what they're looking for is to look for not just not just satisfaction but commitment and it's a very important distinction i think there's some data that shows that 75% of customers who said they were either satisfied or very satisfied, defected the following year. Wow. And so, and that's, it's based on, that. that's based on, I think some data done by the net promoter score guys. Mm-hmm. And so committed is a different thing. And you've got to, you've got to ask a lot of questions of a lot of people to understand that. And so they've, they developed a really good methodology. and. You know, I I engaged them when I was working in the agency business. And it was very helpful to me, both in it actually helped me grow grow 10x the the revenue that we had with one particular client over the course of about five years. But and we did we, you know, what we did was we hired one of out their outside, one of their um, key people, the guy in the US, a guy called Phil Ash. And Phil went out and interviewed our clients and found insights for us which we just didn't understand about them and you know we as we delivered on that you know we got more and more business from 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 the client it equally what what i found is that you know th- this is a, you know a, a story about actually a sort of a win back story is i recommended them to a friend of mine who was running an agency with with a client and i, I ran into her at a party and I said, hey, how are you doing? I called it Jane, just protect the innocent. I said, how are you doing, Jane? What's going on? And she looked almost in tears. And I said, well, what's, what's up? And she's, a, she's a formidable person. I mean, a really terrific CEO. And she said, I, you know, we've, we've won this big piece of business. It's strategically really important. You know, we're really, you know this is a, a, a big win for us. And we're six months into it it's just not going well. And I think we're going to lose it. It's really, you know, I, I think we're, we're at real risk here. We just can't figure out what to do to make them happy. And I said, look, I, I want to introduce you to my friend, Phil. So this is this guy, Phil Ash from relationship audits in the U.S. And he, he, they engaged relationship audits to go out and interview the clients and there's a couple of things that happen first of all by making taking the step to say i value this relationship with you and i'm going to go out and invest my money in bringing in a, an outside consultant a subject matter expert to interview you says i really care about this and i'm going out of my way to make sure that we whatever the issues are we're going to get to the bottom of it and correct it and then the second thing is is really good at fi- figuring out what the issues were and he came back with a series of recommendations to them on what they needed to do to correct it. And because of that, they were able to put together an agreed action plan, a charter, if you like, on what they were going to do. And it got the relationship back on track and they grew the relationship. And I, I believe that they may be still working with them 15, 20 years later. And I believe it's an anchor, anchor client for that, for that agency. And so I I guess the key lesson from that story is you can't know enough about what's going on in the head of the customers, and you've got to get objective feedback from them and listen hard to those those issues. And I believe in a win back, that's absolutely critical. If you can figure out what's going on, if you can get them to, to, to tell you what it was that went wrong. And then come back to them, stay friendly with them, right? You, should, you know, be respectful. You'll, you'll, you know, you, you've got a good shot at getting a second, a second swing at the, swing at the ball. Definitely. You can't fix a problem until you know what it is. And so it sounds like Phil
0: Ash is just brilliant at digging deep into identifying those things and generating those insights. Well, I mean, he helped you 10X one,
1: one piece of business. Yep. Can you tell yep.
0: me a bit about that, or is that uh, where you? Yeah,
1: I, I, can, I can tell you a little bit about it. It's, it's a it's a interesting story in that, um, the, uh, so uh, we won this assignment as part of a uh, the agency I worked for was part of a holding company with a big network of agencies, and they won this multi agency assignment with a very big, very very big Fortune you know Fortune ten I think client. And we were the kind of little engine. We were sort of doing a we had a very small scope of work and a very small relationship. And, you know, in the first year we we did good work and we we delivered well. And that resulted in an incremental business. But we sort of felt like we kind of knew that we were doing okay, but we didn't really know what we needed to do to take it to the next level. And that there and there was competitive risk. And so we engaged Phil to find out how we're we doing. And the thing that was kind of interesting was it was things were going well. There was no there was no real there wasn't really an imminent threat. And so the fact that we did it when things were going well sent a real I mean it sent a very positive signal to them. They it made them look at us very differently. It's like, "Oh, you're not these little guys. You actually, you know, you we should take you much more seriously." And so, and that helped us. And we did, we, we repeatedly did this. We did the same series of interviews over three years. And people and asking the same questions. Continue. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But also, so we kept going back to the same people, but every year we'd talk to more people because as we expanded our relationship, we moved up the organization, but we also moved out. And so, you know, we would actually interview more people. And so we got a bigger and bigger view of what was going on. There were a couple of problems, though. One problem was there was one recurring problem, which was um, we've never properly addressed. We sort of half addressed it several years in a row. And it became a massive issue in about year or I think year four of the relationship when you know our, our revenues were like, we actually, I think at that point, were probably the biggest agency they were working with. We went from being the smallest to the biggest over, the, over that period of time. And we just hadn't done a good job of addressing that particular issue, and they were getting pretty frustrated with them. And so, and then there was a, then there was some changes that were going on in the agency, you know, which sort of got very messy. And I ended up leaving, and they stopped doing the interviews. Um, partly, I think, because the client you know, partly because the clients were saying, well, look, you know, what are we, we're just going to tell you the same thing you, you haven't taken action on. And sadly, I think within about 18 months, they 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 lost the business, which is very unfortunate. And so, you know, I, I guess the key lesson out of that is that, you know, listening, really listening is the most important, you know, is, is super important. But the most important thing is you have to act on it. And if you don't act on it, you may get a couple of chances at it, but eventually, you know, it's going to be goodbye.
0: Oh, yeah. And when you act on it and you come back and you say, we we made these changes based on what you did, they feel gratified. I mean, and appreciated. That's tremendous. That also creates more loyalty
1: and they want to tell you more stuff because you take action on what That's they- exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. However, <laughs> the downside is, is that if you don't take action on it, they start to wonder, why can't you do it? It's like, ah, okay. If you can't do it, then maybe we need to start, you know, opening the door to others who can. That alone is still phenomenal intel because now you know if this
0: customer is looking for that sort of thing, maybe other customers are and maybe you need to make that a priority. Like maybe
1: the market is shifting in that direction. Is that a reasonable assertion? Yeah, I kind of it depends on the issue, I think. Because some of the issues are, you know, sort of basic things. You know, the the the, the issues kind of fall into you know, category, there were sort of basic operational things, you know, there, there are those things. But then there are things like strategic contribution, which I think makes the difference. I always kind of view that in a professional services relationship, there's a lot, you know, you can simplify, I, I mean, you can simplify it down to three things. You know, the, one one aspect to it is delivering, right? So the operational aspect is, are you delivering on what they're paying you to do? Mm-hmm. The second is, strategic contribution is are you making a contribution in terms of the way they're thinking about things that goes above and beyond if you're doing both of those things you're doing well if you're only doing one of the two you're probably living on borrowed time Mm -hmm. the third aspect to it is is the relationship aspect to it which is you know the the, the people who are the key people on the account are they are they liked and are they respected and you know again you 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 know you Funny enough, I think of the of the three. You know, you can you you can have people who are liked and respected, but if you're not delivering and they don't see much of strategic contribution, that isn't going to get you that far. Sure. Um, but I do think that the, those are the three legs to a stool in a in in a in a relationship, particularly in professional services. So, are there any uh, final thoughts you'd like to leave us with? I think if I could leave you with with one thought, and that is, you know, it's about insight about your customers and really making sure you understand are they committed, not just satisfied, are they committed and really getting to understand are, you know, what is their level of commitment, what's driving that? And if they're satisfied and not committed, what's the delta between the two of them because that's how you're going to grow your business. And I think if you can figure out what a you know what makes your customers committed, You'll have a very profitable business because, you know, I think as we all know, you know, you get more business from, you, you, it's easier to get more business from existing customers than from new customers. So it is, it is. I think it's one of the most important things that companies need to know. And I think many overlook. So if people would like to learn more or contact you, where should they go? So easiest thing is on LinkedIn, Adam Chirinus. There's only one. And that's one of the advantages of having a funny last name. And then you can also find me through my website, which is healthlaunchpad.com. It's one word, but healthlaunchpad.com or email me at adam at healthlaunchpad.com. And I got a special offer, which is, as I mentioned, I published a book called Total Customer Growth about how to win and grow customers for life. So it's about acquisition, but it's also about growing existing customers. And you can go to the website and get the book for free. All you need to do is pay for shipping. Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Adam. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on, Dan.
0: Cheers.